Welcome to A Big Heart, a podcast about living with heart disease. I'm Mike Papali, and I'm the president and founder of In a Heartbeat, a nonprofit organization with a mission to prevent death from sudden cardiac arrest. I witnessed sudden cardiac arrest at age 17 and have been living with heart disease for over a decade. This podcast will dissect the physical and emotional obstacles of living with heart disease and how to overcome them. I am inviting you to join me on my personal journey of living as a heart disease patient. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to help heart disease patients of all ages live a long and normal life. Welcome back to the next episode of A Big Heart, a podcast about living with heart disease. A Big Heart is powered by In A Heartbeat. In A Heartbeat is a nonprofit organization with the mission to prevent death from sudden cardiac arrest. This is done by donating AEDs, providing CPR and AED training, raising money for research projects, providing support to patients, and offering free ECGs to children, teens, and young adults. To learn more about In A Heartbeat, visit www.inaheartbeat.org. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of A Big Heart. I'm really excited about this week's episode. We have a very special guest, Luke Ferraro. I met Luke uh, when he was a, uh, a high school student, and he is a long QT syndrome patient, and he is currently a, a freshman at Fordham, and he's doing really, really well. Um, Luke talks about his diagnosis, which came at a very, very young age, um, and how his life has been living with long QT syndrome. Um, I'm, I'm really appreciative to Luke and and his family for our friendship. He's been a, a great supporter of In A Heartbeat. Um, he's uh, run some fundraisers. We've donated AEDs together. And Luke has been the speaker at our annual golf tournament. So he's an amazing young guy and has a great story to tell that's going to help um, heart disease patients um, all over of all different ages. So here he is, Luke Ferraro. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest in the close friend of mine, Luke Ferraro. Luke, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Yeah, of course. So um, I guess we're going to just jump right into it. Could you tell us, um, you know, how you found out you had heart disease, you know, how old you were and how that whole process went? Yeah, so I was in the fourth grade, um, just filling up a water bottle, getting ready to go to by baseball practice when I felt pretty lightheaded and started to get black rings around my eyes and so I called into my mom saying you know I don't feel too great and she came in and found me passed out and she believed I had had a seizure and so they rushed me to the hospital I spent days there while they ran numerous tests um all sorts of things because they couldn't figure out anything directly wrong with me until a cardiologist came in and said she thinks I might have long QT syndrome Mm -hmm. and so they took me in did some more tests and actually found out that I had long QT syndrome um 
you were in fourth grade. So I was, I was going to ask like, kind of like what your reaction was like, but I'd imagine that you probably had no really clue what was, what was going on at that point. But, you know, as you kind of, um, I guess, you know, grew a little bit and, and started to really understand what it meant to have heart disease, what were your reactions to that? Um, at first I was very upset. Um, you know, I was, I, I, I was, as as depressed I think as a fourth grader could be Mm -hmm. um it really didn't it it wasn't it wasn't anything I was thrilled about I was really in a in a rough place because you know all of my all of my friends it seemed were healthy all of um, my family was healthy so I was just just devastated that I was the one to be um put with all these restrictions and and I was just it was awful for me and so as I as I grew as I grew older you know I was pretty embarrassed of it and I wouldn't tell people about it and you know it was kind of like my little secret because it was just not something I wanted to tell anybody yeah yeah, that's interesting because I feel like some of the other people we've talked to have kind of had that same, like when you're a kid in school, the last thing you want is for people to like look at you differently or, um, you know, like growing up is, you know, it comes with its own challenges, you know, it's, as it is for like yeah. kids that don't have heart disease. And um, the last thing you want is for people to kind of know you as the person who's different or the person who might not be able to do certain things, but um, what were those restrictions that the doctor gave you? I mean, did you, so you had restrictions right at that point when you were you know, nine or 10 years old in school? Yeah, I left the hospital with the restrictions. They didn't want me to do any intense physical activity. So like no running, no biking, um, no swimming. I couldn't, um, they didn't want me to do any type of, um, so we, at the, at the time we spent our, summers in New Hampshire they didn't want me jumping into the water um, anything like that so pretty much you know I had to walk anywhere I wanted to go I couldn't ride a bike I couldn't do anything like that so just any physical activity above uh, a slow pace was completely off the table for a bit that's gotta be uh it's gotta be challenging for uh like I said for a fourth grade kid and then also for like your parents, I'm sure, uh, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I'd imagine, you know, getting like, uh, your kids to use all their energy. So they're, t- so they're tired, you know, you couldn't really do any of that. So that must've been tough. But, um, as you grew, you know, did those restrictions stay the same? Were you able to start to do a little more and kind of, how did you figure that out? Yeah. So, um, within a few years, uh, well, uh, pretty soon they, they uh, figured out they could let me run um, nothing like sprinting, nothing crazy like that, but they would let me kind of run around, bike around. Um, that was pretty quick, but eventually they started, what we started to do was just to get cleared for individual sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we said, this is the sport. This is what it entails. For example, I wanted to play lacrosse. So we said, this is kind of the, what, what will be going down in lacrosse? Do you think this is a sport that I can play? And, you know, yes or no. And then eventually by, I would say middle school, 
the only sport that I really couldn't do was anything involving swimming, competitive swimming. Um, and that was just because the shock of going into cold water from like a body temperature state was just, uh, it, it was just problematic for long QT. And then swimming, it was just so intense that they just didn't really um, mm-hmm. trust it. Mm-hmm. So that's good. So then you were able to get back to at least doing some of the things that you like to do. Um, what were, so how, what were the, what was like the treatment plan? Um, I guess, you know, uh, in terms of like medication or any, any other ways that the doctors were, were trying to keep, keep you safe. Yeah. So they put me on a beta blocker, mm-hmm. um, and I would go yearly to the Boston children's hospital to do a stress test. Um, so they would hook me up onto all kinds of machines and then monitor my heart rate while I ran um, on a treadmill and they would progressively make it faster and steeper um, just to see where I could go. And that was my place to really go all out because, you know, that's the safest place for me to do it. And so we, I would do that. Actually, I still do that every year. Um, uh, recently went off my beta blocker because of it was causing some problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I know you and I connected, I think when you were a junior, maybe between your junior and senior year, or I don't know, yeah. the time flies. So it's, it's, it's crazy, yeah. but, um, you know, could, uh, if you're comfortable, um, just to, I, I know you had a couple like little setbacks, you know, as you, as you grew with, um, living with heart disease, do you mind talking about those a little bit and, and what happened? Yeah, sure. So, um, a, a few times now I've had some incidents where I've passed out in public Mm -hmm. um the first of which was in um my latin class in my junior year of high school um i had gotten up to get something and sat back down and i hit my funny bone actually Mm -hmm. and the uh the vasovagal reaction from that caused me to pass out in my class in front of everybody um the ambulance came they wheeled me out and I was I think I spent the night in the hospital and so that was a really traumatic experience because you know it's I I had gotten you know comfortable with the fact that I had a heart condition by then but then once it's kind of shown to everybody and everybody sees me pass out in front of them and the hospital having to come and all that that was just extremely embarrassing and I I really struggled with that for a while Um, and then but from that they decided to implant a link device in my um, underneath my skin which would be able to monitor my heart rate in situations like that so next time when that happened same thing, a vasovagal reaction. I passed out in a parking lot and hit my head. They were able to tell actually that my heart had stopped um, for a short period of time during the incident. And so from that, that is when they decided you can either put in a pacemaker or stop going on the beta blocker and kind of see what happens with that. And so, you know, I remembered 
you know, I, I, I'm not big on surgery, not big mm-hmm. on any, you know, nothing mm-hmm. like that. Hate needles, all that kind of thing. So I was like, all right, anything without surgery is good. We'll stop the beta blocker and hopefully this will, you know, help it. And so, so far since then, no issues, been feeling awesome. good. Uh, yeah, but those were two really big incidents that really kind of messed with me. Yeah. Uh, first more so than the second though, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine it. It's, I guess we kind of said this before, but you know, you're in high school and again, high school is like a challenging time. You're dealing with a whole bunch of different things. And then, you know, to have to, you know, have that happen. And, and especially like in front of your peers, um, you know, I, you know, fortunately when I, when I had my incident, I was, I was not in school. So it's a little different, you know, like, you know, you're just, you don't want something like that to happen. And, and, and you, you, you shouldn't have to feel embarrassed about it, but it is, it's, you, you don't want, you know, that to happen in front of people that you, you know, you go to school with. So, um, what, you know, I know you, uh, I know you were able to, and then like, in terms of like your physical activities in high school, like, I know you did, you know, some, some crew and some sports. So can you talk about how that went? Yeah. So my whole family kind of before me had rode. Mm-hmm. And so I always pretty much knew um, that was a sport I was going to do at some point. Um, but when long QT, all that stuff came around, I wasn't too sure about it. Mm-hmm. So, but right before my freshman year, we went to the hospital laid out everything, all the possibilities, you know, everything involving crew. And they took, it took them a while, but they decided to clear me for rowing and, you know, I got right into it. But in the beginning we were super careful, you know, I had to carry around an AED with me, Mm -hmm. um, bring it out on the water, on the, on the chase boat, um, you know, I had to always be letting my coach know how I was feeling. Um, all just really like intense monitoring for mm-hmm. the first year. And then from there, we kind of realized my body is a bit more resilient um, when it comes to um, exercise. And so we they started to you know, let me be a bit more lax with the, with the sport and let me kind of really enjoy it. And they found out, you know, I, when I work pretty hard at rowing, I, I can do pretty well. And so I worked with varsity as a, as a freshman and sophomore and, you know, got in with the, with the older guys, became really good friends with them. And by junior year, you know, I was, in the in the first varsity boat um and then senior year made captain so that was a yeah a very very big deal for me and I was really proud of that so yeah yeah especially um I know I'm just like thinking about your whole like story from like day one here you go from you know diagnosis in, in fourth grade to the point where like you can't even do it like you can't even do anything besides like walk which, you know, I can't even imagine, you know, for someone at that age, what that's like to senior in high school being captain of the crew team. I mean, that's pretty incredible accomplishment. Um, I, I'd imagine, 
there were probably multiple times where you were like uh, going through some of the stuff with, with the heart, heart stuff. And you were like, I, I don't know if, you know, I think it's natural to be like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. It's like, maybe I should just like yeah. stop. Um, but to get to that point, you know, you deserve a lot of credit and should definitely be really proud of that. It's really cool. Um, so I, I know you probably did mention a couple of these things, but one of the things that we try to talk about here on the podcast is, you know, different obstacles that heart disease patients encounter in their lives because everybody kind of goes through different things and there's other people that are going through similar things that, you know, you've gone through. So starting from a physical standpoint, like what are the biggest or what's the biggest physical obstacle that you think you've had to overcome um, from, you know, that day in fourth grade to where you are now? Yeah. Just as you mentioned um, it's, it's a scary thing and to, to have a heart condition and thinking, what can I do and what can't I do? Mm-hmm. And being a student athlete, a lot of the time I was nervous about pushing myself. I don't know what's going to happen to me. Nobody really knew, you know, nobody could give me a specific, if you push yourself to this heart rate, you're going to pass out. Uh, so don't, so don't hit this heart rate. Nobody, nobody knew any of that kind of thing. So it was really up to me I'm gonna push myself until something happens but you know that's easier said than done it is scary to mm-hmm. to push yourself when you you know what can happen and so that was a really really hard thing for me to get over mm-hmm. you know just every day going to practice and trying to be the best I can um, you know I had some scares I had some things that you know are, are totally normal to happen. You know, sometimes when you're really pushing yourself, you do get that tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's normal for an athlete um, to get if they're really pushing themselves. But for me, that was the first sign that I was blacking out for the first time ever. And so that's mm-hmm. scary. That mm-hmm. was really scary for me. I thought something was going to happen. So mm-hmm. just stuff like that was yeah. really hard as, a, as an athlete. Yeah, I mean, I'm... Like even thinking about it now, I guess, you know, as as this is talked about all the time, like being an athlete, it's, it's as much mental as it is physical. Um, And for you to, you know, be able to push yourself to get to the point where you did with, you know, always having in the back of your mind, you know, I have heart disease and something could happen. I mean, it honestly it makes it that much more impressive because I know like how I am when I work out I'm like okay like I'm gonna push myself but of course it's in my head like you know I went into cardiac arrest I have heart disease I have an implanted defibrillator it's in my head so like just the fact that it's in my head I think maybe causes me not to push myself as you know get to that level so the fact that you were able to do it despite that is, is is really impressive um all right. Last question, which is, I think kind of a, it could be a tough one, but um, you know, you've, you've been, I think living with heart disease longer than I have uh, at this point, but uh, if you had one piece of advice, so like if you were talking to somebody that, you know, just came out of their doctor's appointment has long QT syndrome um, and you could give them one piece of advice to help them with the rest of their life, um, or get back to the rest of their life, you know, what would that piece of advice be? Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, 
it, it would be tough because that's a really hard thing <laughs> as I, as I, as yeah. I know, as you know, yeah. Yeah. that is a, it's a brutal thing to just find out about it. You think your life is going to be, you know, completely different, but it, it's going to be what you make of it. So if don't let it control your life, you know, don't mm-hmm. let long QT be who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I, in, in the early stages of having it, that's all I would think about. And by now, I, it's not even on my mind half the time. So by living your life how you want to, obviously being safe, but don't let it consume your whole life and reach out to people who are in the situation that you're in, like how uh, I found you. That honestly was such an impact on how I was able to deal with it. So finding people who are similar to you um, around similar age, anything like that is really something that can help you get through it, Um, especially initially when you feel like you're all alone, when you're really struggling with it, finding other people with uh, similar issues to you, similar um, life backgrounds, that's really, that's really a big thing and you know like i said try to live your life the the as normal as you can um while being safe and you'll find that it's not as controlling of your life as you think it really is that's awesome um honestly like everything you said there is and just so everybody knows we didn't even script that (laughs) that was really good because that's like i mean that's perfect for like what you know the goal of i think what I wanted to do with the podcast is, is like, number one, don't let your heart disease define you um, because you're so much more than that. You know, you talked about living, you know, a normal life, which is to me, the goal, you know, is, is as a patient is, is to find that normal in your life. So um, I'll say like, I, I, you know, as you were talking, I was like thinking about, you know, like when we first met, um, you know, see, see everything you're doing now. It's, it's really cool. Like, and I, I know like we met shortly after I, you know, you could tell me if I'm wrong here. I think we met shortly after that incident in school, right? Yeah. I think that's the first, when the initial, yeah. yeah. That's when the initial um, contact happened. And, and I think I was actually out in California when we first talked. And then I think we had, you know, we, we got together a couple of times and um, you know, it's awesome to see how well you're doing now. And, the mindset that you have. Um, and, and like we kind of talked about that, that's half the battle. So, um, but anyway, just so everybody else knows too, I guess, uh, Luke has supported, uh, in a heartbeat, um, with his crew team. I still wear the shirt, uh, when I work out the, uh, the, the shirt that you gave me and we were able to donate an AED with the money that, you know, Luke and his team raised, um, somewhere within his, to a YMCA in his local community. And then, People still talk to me about the speech you gave at our golf tournament a couple of years ago, which we'll have to get you back. I know this past year was a, um, you know, a different year with COVID, but we, we've kind of have a new format for the dinner. We did it outside and we had a band and it's a ton of fun. So we'll have to get you and your family back there to, uh, to be a part of it again. This, uh, Absolutely. If, yeah. If we can get you home for a weekend, I know you'll be, uh, you'll be in your fall semester there, but, but anyway, um, Thank you so much, Luke. I appreciate you coming on. And, and I think, you know, you did um, a perfect job of, you know, you know, your story is inspiring, but, you know, 
what you've learned from it and, and how you've handled your life is extremely valuable for any heart disease patient. So thank you very much. And um, I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Thank you so much for listening to A Big Heart, a podcast about living with heart disease. If you like this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Like anything in life, the goal is to improve. Please provide any feedback you have, any topics you want to hear, or any guests that can provide value to our listeners. You can message us on Instagram at A Big Heart Podcast or send us an email at mike at in a heartbeat. Org. To learn more about In a Heartbeat and the programs we provide, please visit www.inaheartbeat.org. That is www.inaheartbeat.org.